Hello, loves. Thanks for listening to the Lola Community Podcast. This summer, we are opening up Thrive, our six-week course, deep dive into holistic health, just packed with wonderful journaling, reflections, videos, resources, and teachings for you around the Lola lifestyle. Thrive is our foundational program that we started with many years ago and have built over the years to really support women sustainably, holistic in nature, and it's fun too. So check it out at littleohm.com backslash offerings, L-I-L-O-M-M.com backslash offerings. There you will find Thrive and our self-compassion challenge. Hope you're having a great summer. Hey everyone, it's Pleasance here, and today I'm going to just do a little bit of chatting around Buddhism and parenting. So a little backstory is that um, when I was running Little Om Yoga Center, I very early on, actually before the studio in Sailor, when I was in pregnancy, um, I was very much into spirituality and pregnancy, reading a lot and practicing a lot and learning a lot about it, and found my way to Buddhism and pregnancy and motherhood. Um, led me to Sarah Naptali's work of Buddhism for Mothers and Buddhism for Mothers of Young Children. At the time, then I started studying with a Zen Buddhist teacher um, and learning more along the way. This deep dive literally was perfect divine timing, right? Setting the stage, I'd had this um, extensive yoga practice and yoga training, which led me into being really open and absorbing all of these teachings of Buddhism that were so simple, so practical, and so relevant. I had been in therapy for a long time, Um, most of my life and found it extremely helpful. And every time those relationships sort of came to an end, I would stop having things to say or not want to be there anymore and then would end the relationship. And when I found Buddhism, I found like, oh, this is what I've been looking for, this practical wisdom and teachings on loving kindness, compassion, heartfulness, mindfulness, practices that were rooted in human well-being, um, human thriving, human development, human growth. I could not believe how practical and relevant and deeply they penetrated my life. At that time, I was also really turning away from Judaism, um, was feeling kind of lost and not really sure where that fit into my life. My mother is not Jewish and my father is Jewish. I was converted or I converted when I was a child and really was raised Jewish after the age of about six, seven, eight. Went to Jewish sleepaway camp. Um, I went to Tel Aviv University and studied in Israel. I love culture and um, ritual and 
chanting and sacred language and society, right? Like these are passions that I've always had. Groups, you know, I, I say a lot, I consider myself really a sociologist more than anything else, studying groups of people, studying how they interact, studying and watching how um, modern, you know, the connection between modern life and ancient wisdom and so I, I think this kind of building up of interest and openness to Buddhism is what led me down a Buddhist motherhood path very early on. Um, we ran a class at Little Om Yoga Studio, I want to say it was the first studio in the Palisades, so maybe 2009, no, yeah, maybe 2010, um, 2011 called uh, Mindful Motherhood. Um, and we did a Buddhism and parenting class and it just, oh, it's so delicious. So I'm hoping, um, you know, inspired by some of my recent return to some very basic spiritual practices and mindfulness practices, I've been working with the IMCW Insight Meditation Center of Washington Family Sangha for, I just helped out with their retreat and, uh, subbed a class for them. So I'm returning to these communities of this intersection of spirituality and parenthood and mothering. And I, you know, that's so much of what Little Om Yoga was. It was the mission. It was the heart. It was the core. And I think when um, I closed the studio, I needed to take a break from that world um, and those identities being known as, you know, a yoga teacher for moms or kids or babies. And what I'm finding now, three and a half years later, is a return to what, what does the integration of these contemplative practices in your real life look like? How do they connect to how you parent? How do they help you prioritize? Um, Oops, sorry, there was a little interruption in recording, but it will pick up and take you to the next part of our episode. Sorry about that. Okay, so I have this board next to my desk that has all of these teachings that I love to be reminded of and that I use a lot when I'm working with private clients or in groups. And one of the um, reminders here are is the the beautiful tree of contemplative practices, which really outlines what does it mean to have a spiritual contemplative um, inner life that's really dynamic. And this has just wonderful ideas. I highly recommend having a copy of this um, somewhere, maybe in your kitchen or around your children so that you can work with this and see that the things that you're doing with them, being creative, having music and singing, journaling, storytelling, listening, being in nature, working and volunteering, these are the foundations of our spiritual practice. And these are the foundational teachings of Buddhism as well. So again, the overlap also in the Ayurveda tradition, there's so many connections, similarities between the ancient teachings of Ayurvedic lifestyle wisdom and uh, daily wisdom for Buddhism and parenting and raising yourself and loving yourself. On our retreat with IMCW last week, we um, took these precepts, um, which I'm going to read to you now. And we did these again as a family 
together. We read them. And so I just encourage you to keep them, again, somewhere where you can read together, somewhere where you can talk about them, journal about them, and have them be at the cornerstone of your daily life, not just going to church on Sundays or synagogue on Shabbat, you know, whatever your background is, um, more and more with these amazing blended families, we have this disconnection from traditional religion, quote unquote, and religious practices, but more humanistic, more natural practices are really on the rise. And that's very, um, not only is it accessible, not only is it attainable, it's mostly free, things like looking at the moon, things like um, following the moon, things like um, practicing loving kindness, meta practice, you know, may I be happy, may I be safe, may I be healthy, may I live with ease. These practices that now science really backs up. It's their evidence-based. These are the ways that we change the brain and the connections to mindset and mind shifts um, are really how we work with our inner life. We work with our emotions and we develop and deepen relationships in our family and in our life and making the space and time for this is a high priority. Um, okay, so here's the precepts we read on the family retreat. Um, I will do my best to not harm others or myself. I will do my best to take only what is offered. I will do my best to speak the truth with kindness. And I love those precepts for children and for families. Again, posted somewhere in the kitchen. I um, just did an in real life video on our YouTube page about what like the command center in the kitchen can look like. That's what I call mine. You can probably have a nicer name for it. Um, but uh, the command center is where I keep all of these types of things that we're working with as a family and we're, we're reminding ourselves of. So not only will we have like our daily schedule or our weekly schedule, not really daily schedule, but more monthly or seasonal schedule. But also we will have some of these spiritual uh, practices, words, language, mantras surrounding us. So um, in thinking about this conversation, I brought out my Buddhism for Mothers book, which is just packed full of gems from the tradition in integrating into real life. How can we work with compassion with our relationships? How, what do we do about worrying about our children? How does Buddhism help us look at anger? The anger chapter is so powerful. How can we find calm in the present moment and really working with our emotions and talking about them. They don't talk about this weather analogy so specifically, Sarah Neptali and Buddhism for Mothers, but a lot at the IMCW retreat, you know, it's very focused on mindfulness. And, um, and when we're talking about a mindful practice, when we're talking about watching the emotions like the weather, right, the clouds, the storms, the sun, this is just what it means to be full spectrum human to have the human experience. We're not trying to block the stormy days um, or the rainy days. 
uh, or the thunder. We just want to work with it. We want to pay attention to it. We want to make sure that we not make sure, but that we, we feel it, we see it, we know it, and we allow it to be in our bodies because we're accepting. So one of the biggest principles of Buddhism is acceptance, accepting things as they are. These situations that we have with aging parents or sick children or difficult relationships with spouses or at work, like this is the life that we are working with. And when we accept it, there's more ease, more harmony and more flow. Also on the chart on the um, board next to my computer, I also have the, this Lola model for living in love over fear. And this is something I just kind of mapped out and created um, last year when I was, again, working with um, clients and students. I found myself kind of talking re um, regularly about these principles. And so I made this model. So let me go over it with you. So the Lola model for living in love over fear these, this, again, comes from the Ayurvedic and the Buddhist tradition. So we have one circle that has forgiveness in the middle. And forgiveness and then the branches that are coming out of this circle, the, the rays that are coming out, when we're talking about forgiveness, we're talking about self, forgiving ourself. We're talking about society, forgiving the uh, framework of society, forgiving um, history. We're talking about our ancestors and forgiveness of our parents, of our grandparents, of all of those who came before us. And we're talking about forgiveness of others in proximity, the ones who are in our life. How do we work with forgiveness on a daily, as a daily practice of these four layers? So we have this forgiveness practice and we do plus, so this is, this is a little, um, uh, again, a little model that I mapped out, but it's it's a equation. So we have forgiveness in those four rays plus, and then we have compassion in the center. So compassion in the center of the next circle, one of those rays is self. So we're working with self-compassion, um, society compassion, ancestral compassion, and others in proximity compassion. So it's the exact same four areas when we're looking at holistic forgiveness and holistic compassion, self, society, ancestors, others in proximity. And so the forgiveness plus the compassion equals the loving spirit which arises within. And this model that I just kind of formed and massaged together all comes from the layers that I have been learning about Buddhism and learning about Ayurveda and learning about working with emotions and our accepting of our life. When we can forgive um, and have compassion at all the layers, this loving spirit, this loving, expansive source arises in within us. So I um, hope that's helpful for you to kind of visualize what we're working with. Listen, when we're talking about parenting and we're talking about forgiveness, this is so big. And we're talking about compassion because we are dealing with all of these layers. We're dealing with ourself, right? Um, our inner critic. Um, our children should be doing this, should be doing that, should look like this, should look like that. And we're being set up in a society 
where we're being told to do things a certain way, or we think we're being told to do them a certain way. And then we're also passing that down from our ancestors. So that's why this is layered, but creating these visual models and writing out like what that means and what that looks like to you can be so helpful. I can't say enough for having visuals um, and, and whether you're drawing them in a journal or a chart or making these artistic representations of the teachings, it's just, again, so powerful to have. The teachings themselves can be a little bit masculine in their energetic nature in terms of if you print out or look at the Buddhist cheat sheet, there's so many lists in Buddhism in Buddhism, Buddhism, the noble eightfold path, the four noble truths, the four metaphrases, the three treasures, there's a lot of teachings that are listed and numbered. And that's great, because they're much easier to memorize that way, and to work with. However, when we are actually um, trying to integrate them, we want to use some of these feminine energetic practices using markers, using drawings to work with these concepts so that we can really pull out for ourselves. Okay, so if we're talking about parenting and forgiveness, well, for ourselves, have we made mistakes along the way? What kind of forgiveness do we need for ourselves? What kind of forgiveness do we need to practice for society and the demands on our kids right now with stress and mental anxiety and fears and depression? There is a lot between privilege, race, class, gender. There's so much that's going on right now that practicing forgiveness and working with it can be very helpful for our own system. When we're talking about parenting and ancestors, I mean, so much of parenting comes down through how we were parented unless we kind of put in a proactive or a positive intervention which comes from the mind which comes from doing the deep dive where did alcoholism come from where did abuse come from where did some of these traumas and triggers come from and can i offer forgiveness to people who may not even be alive and the others in proximity, right? When we're talking about forgiveness, we're talking about the teachers in our schools, the principals, the other parents, the, the bullied children. We're talking about forgiving or the children who are bullies. Um, we're talking about forgiveness in a daily practice, as a daily practice in what are these relationships with our children? What, who's in relationship with them? And when, how do we work with the adults and the children who are around us without creating more anger or fear or anxiety, right? So what I love about this model, and then you can do the same thing for compassion, but what I love about this model is that it, it actually gives us, you know, when we're feeling tension and tightness or anger, we want to be gossipy about something that's going on with our kids or we're, we're in fear it's like you can sit down and just breathe and ask yourself some of these journaling questions. You know, who do I need to forgive? Where do I need to bring compassion in? And this gives you so many tools for empowering, empowering yourself as a parent, owning and returning to your intuition, your source of strength. It's not out there. It's not with all the experts. It's not with the parenting books. 
or the self-help books. It is within your own relationships. And so working with these arms, working with this, these forgiveness and compassion arms in this equation, creating that loving spirit. And here's why when the loving spirit arises from within, you are then able to navigate what the next best thing for you and your family is. Nobody else can tell you what that is, right? You have access to your strength, your power, your intuition, which then can help guide your decisions. I've also been studying a lot lately with Rick Hansen. I'm taking his neurodharma class, which is the intersection of dharma, Buddhism, and neuroscience, brain, um, the latest brain science. And what I love, here's something that he says that I think, again, is really powerful in terms of bringing this as a, as a, um, a daily practice for parenting. So he talks about the Buddhist context as a roadmap for awakening. And this is what he says. One of the things I find most inspiring about the Buddha's teachings is the invitation to everyone for full awakening. While we may engage this path fruitfully at any point along it, the Buddha said it was good in the beginning, good in the middle, and good at the end. It leads onward from the dusty plains of conventional life into the foothills and the mountains and then the highest peaks of enlightenment. While there's many benefits along the way for personal healing, everyday well-being and effectiveness, self-actualization and transformation, the Buddha's aim for this path was utter irrevocable liberation of mind and heart, freedom from suffering, and the highest happiness, which is peace. This, to me, I love this paragraph as as the windy road of parenting, as every stage, right? I see myself Right now I'm in my early 40s, my kids are school age, but these teachings will continue to support and help me um, with all stages when I accept them as they are, as I move through this experience of life, the liberation of mind and heart, freedom from suffering, and the highest happiness, which is peace, right? So today, can I experience peace in my heart, in my body, in my mind, in my soul, And I ask myself that question pretty much daily. Where can I find peace today? Where can peace be found? Is it in the pace of my life? Is it in a desire for a connection with a soul friend? Is it in doing some, creating a podcast that some of you, you know, that you'll listen to and that maybe you can take to heart and journal about sharing and learning together? When I was also doing a little bit of research for this podcast, I found an article um, from May 14th, 2011 from an elephant journal called A Guide to Buddhist Parenting. Um, And it was so wonderful. I'm just going to go through a little bit of the teachings from here before I close out this episode. So um, this guide to Buddhist parenting really talks about engaged parenting. And that's this is this term is very... um, it, uh, prolific. It's very um, in Buddhism right now. There is engaged Buddhism, which means how do we take the teachings? We kind of pull away from the religious aspect. This is a huge conversation, which I'm not an expert in and is not the point of this podcast, but I just want you to be aware that there's lots of um, lineages and layers of Buddhism and classical text-based and There's also a very modern movement of activism 
radical Dharma Buddhism and also this engaged Buddhism, which is how do we work with compassion, forgiveness, loving kindness, um, heartfulness in real life. And to a lot of um, Tibetan Buddhism has brought out um, daily living uh, practices that can really benefit people who do not want to go live in a cave or an ashram or um, become a llama or become, you know, kind of move up the ranks. Mm. But really people, for people who are choosing, that's what I love about it. It's for people who are choosing to be on this earth, of this earth, and living their um, lives. So in this article, she goes over the three refuge, um, the three refuges of engaged parenting. So the refuge in taking refuge in Buddhism is what we seek to surrender to, to relax to, to awaken to, um, to wrap our arms around, to have compassion. Uh, Tara Brock talks about this a lot. If you want to learn more about taking refuge, this is a whole thing that she talks about and teaches on. But in this context, engaged parenting, that the first way that we're working with this is our own awakened nature that will manifest itself through my interactions with my children. As they grow and develop, I will grow and develop. As they stumble and fall, I will stumble and fall. As they manifest joy and happiness, I will manifest joy and happiness. There is no part where my child begins and I end. When I punish my child, I punish myself. This um, teaching is so profound because this is really at the root of like law of attraction because our energy, if energy is contagious, emotions are energy in motion then this idea that as they grow and develop, I will grow and develop is that we're living in these little pods of intimacy together and that we are really working off of one another and working with one another at every level. Also that if everything, you know, Ayurveda teaches us that everything is interconnected, everything has a connection here, all living things. And so, of course, how we work with our children, and if we are, if we have angry children and we respond with anger, we create more anger, um, is just, it's just a really powerful teaching to remember. Um, the next one of engaged parenting that she talks about here, the next refuge is the four immeasurable. So without dogma or expectation, my parenting will embody equanimity, loving kindness, compassion, and joy. So the four immeasurables are equanimity, loving kindness, compassion, and joy. Um, may I be a cause of happiness and experience it with my child. May I be free of clinging and the suffering it brings. May I feel and express bliss by seeing this as they are as, and not how I wish them to be. May I be free from bias and anger. This is so huge when we're talking about the four measurables. We could really do a whole class um, on them and studying them um, and working with them and what that looks like in real life. Um, the third refuge of engaged parenting 
is in the community of family. And I love this idea also. So in Buddhism, we have the three treasures, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, which means Buddha nature. We have the Buddha nature inside of ourselves, and connecting with Buddha nature and connecting with um, the basic goodness that we all have. Teachings, uh, working with the teachings, working with... Um, you know, the, the, there is, there are skillful ways of being in the world that help us have less suffering. Um, and then also our Sangha, our community. So our family is our Sangha. There is a community that practices with me day in and day out. Your families, you guys are practicing life together. Do you greet each other in the morning and wish each other well as you go to sleep? In engaged parenting, let me not forget that the interconnected web of my family will tremble as I tremble and smile as I smile and weep as I weep. Beautiful. At the IMCW retreat, the theme was home. And one of the things that came up was what does home mean to you? And we shared that home is a place where I can truly be myself, where I can, I can experience the weather storms of life. I can come home and cry or be angry. And there's no expectations, right? That truly to be home at home means to be your full self and to be able to, to feel your full self. Um, the rest of the article goes on the three guiding principles of engaged parenting. Um, these are wonderful. I will not know what I am doing. I will bear witness to both the joy and the suffering of my children. And I will present each interaction with my children as an action based on compassion, tempered by wisdom and love. Um, these, again, making statements, having these precepts, this is all the foundation of life design and intentional, intentional living, conscious living, responsive living. These are the pieces from which we can create these lives that so many of you are looking for, are seeking. That when we are resting in the reality of life, of parenting, that there is this holding, seemingly opposing feelings at the same time, love and anger or sadness or frustration right alongside pride, grief, and shame, that this is part of what it means to be human. And I hope that today's episode has given you, again, hopefully the um, equation of the Lola model for living in love over fear, where we have our forgiveness, our four prongs of forgiveness, and our compassion, our four prongs of compassion, and that they're equaling together when we pay attention to them, the loving spirit, that that can be of service to your parenting, your mental mind chatter, your chitta like what's happening in your chatter, what's happening in your mind, is it anxious, are you worrying, how can we relax into this experience of parenting so that we can experience more joy, so we can experience more equanimity, so we're not fluctuating all over the place, um, just reacting, which we know on a physiological level is part of the stress cycle and moves into all the biology of stress and autoimmune. 
But I hope that this episode has given you some tools to work with, some inspiration to see why having an engaged Buddhist, uh, at least foundation, would be helpful to your parenting. And that most of the time we're doing these things already. We really are already working with them. We just kind of forget to name it or we forget to identify it as this is meaningful. The pace of life is so fast that we often, you know, really forget to pause and honor um, just listening to a song with our children or telling stories or just having that loving presence, right? Loving presence. So I hope this is helpful. Taking a deep breath in. May we be happy. May we be safe. May we be healthy. May we live with ease.